Hey folks, uh, we're here at the Heartland Institute's Climate Conference and I'm with Dr. Richard Lindzen. He's a professor emeritus at uh, MIT, teach, used to teach on meteorology, and he's been very active in this climate discussion. Um, professor, some years ago you called the climate change movement a cult. Um, you know, I, I just got back from the climate summit in Egypt and they unveiled a new Ten Commandments. Do you still think of it kind of as a cultish movement? It's hard to tell. I think it has a lot of those characteristics. And of course, once people decide this is the way they'll show their virtue and that they care, it, it becomes similar to a religion. And so how then, uh, I mean, your talk today was about kind of the way the climate really works. If this is a, a movement with religious connotations, how then do you get people out of this movement and, and get them to think sensibly about climate issues? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a difficult technical issue. Uh, you know, it involves physics. John Kerry, you know, famously said that we know that physics and chemistry is hard, but climate is so simple every kindergarten child can understand it. Uh, that's, you know, our graduate students have trouble, so I don't know where he's finding these kindergarten kids. And, uh, and your talk today was about uh, how you think the climate actually works. So if, if you don't think it works in the way that the IPCC has suggested. The IPCC doesn't make statements like that. They're using models. Uh, what I was saying is that if you look at major climate change, uh, it is not greenhouse forced. And the reason people claim it is, is they assume that the change in the temperature difference between the tropics and the pole is an amplification of what happens in the tropics. And we've looked at the data and that isn't true. Uh, it is, you know, when you had the ice ages, when you had the Eocene, when it's very warm, uh, it was extra tropically controlled. It was not greenhouse controlled. And uh, you look at present climate change, it's minor. It's the greenhouse plays a role, but it's small and it's not amplified. So it wouldn't be a big deal. So at the latest uh, climate conference, they came out with a document that said we needed to totally restructure the world's energy systems. Uh, it, they said literally trillions of dollars had to be invested in this. Uh, what are your thoughts on whether that's a good investment or not? You know the answer to that, so why are you asking? I mean, it's a terrible investment, it's a waste of money, and it's going to hurt billions of people. It's immoral. And, and how then do you think this freight train gets stopped or is it possible to stop it? Because there's now billions, trillions of dollars being spent. Is there any way to make this stop? Well, when you get closer to implementing it, I think the harm will become obvious. You saw a hint of that in Sri Lanka. And I think this is the last thing that'll stop it when people are saying we don't want to suffer for nothing. And, and how do you get more scientists to speak out? Because as you know, the scientists who are saying that this is wrong are, are in a very small minority. Uh, how do you get other members of the scientific community to come out and say something if, if they know or if they don't know, how do you get them to understand? Well, I don't know the answer to that because, you know, starting in the early 90s, uh, a young scientist could neither get promoted, published, or funded 
if he said did that. So if you wanted to get active scientists to go along, it's asking them to commit professional suicide. Um, on the positive side, you know, there are a lot of modeling efforts that are showing it's not a problem, but uh, whether they can say that out loud, it's another story. Yeah, and, and uh, right before we, we went on the interview, you were talking to Lord Moncton, who we just interviewed a moment ago, and you mentioned something that I thought was hilarious. Um, you said that science is the only thing that you could add a the in front of it, and it becomes the opposite. What did you mean by that? Well, the science contradicts the whole notion of science. Uh, science is a mode of inquiry. The science says it's a mode of authority. They're two very different things. So how did science go so awry? Any thoughts on this process? How did we get to where we are now in terms of the scientific community? I think the vast majority of the public has no idea what science is. And that certainly includes the political class. So for them, uh, you know, they know that as politicians, uh, people don't give them a lot of authority. They see that people, quote, trust science. And so they think of science as a source of authority that they would like to co-opt. Um, but in doing so, they're ignoring the fact that that shows they have no idea what science is. Well, do you have any, do you have any hopeful thoughts, any final remarks, anything to look forward to? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean, the future, as they say, I mean, predicting the future is difficult. <laughs> well, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Dr. Lindzen. Okay. They say I'm part of a global plan. I don't think so. It's too hot. It's too cold. You know what? The weather changes. Here's the news, Dad. Nope. It's hard to tell what's real and what's fake these days. Ditch the fake news and always get the truth. Go to thenewamerican.com.